Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. We're here today to put the her and father. We are. We are. I don't think we've done that one yet because it's well, except for like in the sense of how of the thing we do at the beginning of the show, but we're not. We don't actually believe that you can put the her and father. Just for the record, <laughs> we're not. We're not announcing this is just a new for position. The thing we it's do in the, the beginning it's of part the, of the show. Thing. There's no, in case this is your first time, no feminine fathers. No. Well, there might. That's a different discussion. Hello, my name is. No fathers are hers. No fathers are hers. I have a father. You do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy, and I was about to say we are also here <laughs> with our father. <laughs> we are also here with my father. Pronouns? I must pronouns now. I can't. Say my pronouns correctly. We're here with my father. Hello. Uh, he, him, if you're asking. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, him. Of course. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome back. It's good to be back. To the show. I was listening to the opening. That, that's your standard opening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever pointed out that if you say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, those are all temporal <laughs> statements. So yeah. it would be whenever you are. Right. Right? Well, it's like whatever time of day. See, wherever you whenever, are. we wherever. did this a few episodes ago where Summer was like, see you guys next week. And then all of a sudden we both were like, no, we won't no. see you. We never see you. We don't see it's, you. This is a podcast. <laughs> it just got Did very... you know this is a podcast? <laughs> it just hit us. Yeah. So I guess maybe. So it's it should be whenever. Well, if you're saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are. Yeah. Is it good morning where you are? Yeah. Is it is it a punctuation uh, you, thing? You could you could make Honestly, that context. You know. It's too late because we already made the t-shirt. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, once t-shirt. t-shirts are made, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The sticker. Reality has to change to match the t-shirt. <laughs> Apologia is apologia. Yeah, that's true. That's once true. something is branded, you just it's yep. over. I, You're stuck I, with I, it. I understand. So anyway, so brand it well at the start. Yeah. Right. Stop. Sort of <laughs> think like, about it. Sort of like with your title. Sort of like with theologians. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I go. still. So we're four years in. I realize we're four years in as of September. Yeah. Um, and I still, when people ask me like, "What do you do?" Like, I still don't know what to tell people. Like, I just feel well, like I don't know what up. to say. In maybe if we lived in L.A. and you were like, "I have a podcast," everyone would be like, "Cool, oh, me too." Yeah. Um, it sounds fake because we're just normal people. It sounds like I'm lying. It's weird to hear someone be like, "Oh, so like your profession." Is that so? Like, what do you do to make money? Right. I do a podcast. Well, I'm on a podcast, <laughs> but then also like it's weird because then I also feel like I'm lying because I only do this once a week. Like the rest of my time, I'm very invested in other things. It sounds like you are a slave to the American work week. I guess I am. <laughs> it really doesn't matter how much you work as long as you All pay your bills. Say, I still don't know what to tell people. I just I when people ask me that question, what I want to do is just be like, don't worry about it. Mind your own business. <laughs> Why do you need to know that? <laughs> Who are you reporting are to? Are you from the IRS? Right. What do you do? Are you, is this the census? What is this? This is how we have to live now. Big brother knows everything about us now anyways. Yeah. Right. 
So anyway, welcome back to the show. I want to tell you guys about, um, well, we have our Christmas stuff out in the shop now. Do. So check it out. Uh-huh. Shopsheelagents.com. We've got some, we've got an ugly Christmas do we, swirt. Shirt slash sweater. 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 We've got ugly Christmas sweaters. The she and she sweater. Sweater. The point is. Sweater. Sweater. Okay. Um, well, I was also, I was going to say, we have, we can do gift cards too, right? Yeah. So like if you wanted to buy something for someone and you're like, I don't know what they want. Just get them a gift card. Yeah. Gift cards are an mm-hmm. option. Our Christmas stuff is in the store. So that's all at shopsheelogens.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Thank you. Now I know it. I always almost give my phone number, <laughs> which is not where... I mean, I guess you guys could leave me a voicemail, but... I have the number taped yeah. to something in the studio. It, it's the same one for like 20, over 20 years. Yeah, <clears throat> but you still need to have it there? I, I don't, but it, it feels good. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, because yeah. so many times... Sometimes like, you just need that. Well, you my number starts with a four... That starts with a four, whatever. The point is 470-465-0475. Although someone did leave us a voicemail this week and they were like, just so you know, like sometimes when I need to give someone my number, I start to give them your voicemail number. <laughs> and I was like, great. It's not just me. <laughs> it's not just me that's doing this with the phone numbers. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Or like if you're, I don't know, creating a fake. Netflix account oh, yeah. for the yeah. free, and you, and for the that free number, month. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't use. Every once in a while, someone uses the contact email for Apologia Studios for something, and then I'll just get like moving truck uh-huh. quotes and stuff uh-huh. for just weeks until I unsubscribe from everything and slowly uh-huh. it stops. But yeah, that's cute. This so, is our voicemail number, so we just want to keep it. Leave us a voicemail. Untainted. Hit up shopshelogens.com. And that's all I have. So, okay. So, Dad. Some, some. Well, I think most of our audience knows or maybe <clears throat> might have a, might understand this. But Sheologians is really just conversations Joy and I have had. And then we've we've been like, oh, we should talk about that on the show. Right. <laughs> like, it's a conversation yeah. we've had while over pizza or while driving around. I think last week we literally had a conversation into the microphones we just weren't recording yeah so you know that's all this is and so anyway the other day joy and i were driving around i don't remember why we were in the car and we had this conversation but because joy's lonely because her husband is <laughs> hiding, always off in the woods is, is hiding in leaves yes. somewhere because I saw I, I yeah. saw a video. I think we did the same thing I last was, night. I saw the video of someone <laughs> hiding in leaves. I'm like, okay, whatever. All right. Yeah. He's uh, in Oklahoma filming his shelters course. So he's doing, he did a debris hut. And honestly, today he's building a lean to. So he looks a little crazy surrounded by leaves. Mm-hmm. However, when the apocalypse, apocalypse hits. Well, he's the only survivor. And he's the only one that survives. He is is he going to look crazy? Well, that's why sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it's gonna cost so much money and so much time to just like move to the forest all of a sudden, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, he's gonna take care of that. I don't yeah. have to worry about that because <laughs> my husband already has this all planned. He's out. already he knows <laughs> how to live in the leaves and yes. And your mother has already said, just shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she has, she has. She said, if that's if that's life, that's it. Just just make it quick. Don't miss. Look, if We're I done. have to sleep with a bunch of spiders, <laughs> yep, I'm just going to call it. I'm going to go to yep. glory. 
That's that's very much the case. Yes. I yes. love her. Now you all know where I get my fatalism from. <laughs> yep. Just shoot yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, Nani's like, Mm-mm, not living in the forest. No, no, no. Spiders, well, leaves, nope, not happening. Well, I remember one time I walked into into your mom's house. Oh, I drove up. I had my I had my old eighty nine Sentra. And so sometimes after school, I would just go see grandma for mm-hmm. a little bit because she liked that. So I walked into the house and she's sitting, you know, at the, that table in the kitchen. And I was like, hey, grandma. And she just looks up at me, <laughs> dead eyed. And she goes, you know what? You know what they do to horses in my condition? <laughs> they take them out back and shoot them. And right now... <laughs> Oh, yeah. I feel like that wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it right now in her voice. Yeah. She was having a rough day. I can see the, I can see the look in the eye, too. She was mm-hmm. having a rough day. <laughs> anyway, okay. I don't know how we got there. Yeah. Um, so Joy and I were driving around. I don't remember how the conversation started, but I remember um, I was sharing with her something about what, uh, how in, in Germany, like, there's no homeschooling options mm-hmm. and and how we have had these like just very draconian lockdowns and laws and rules and all the stuff going on with the church is closing. But I feel like there are people in other places that have had it much worse. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that what we're what we've experienced here is fine. Like it's not a problem because other people have it worse. Right. We're not doing that. But we were just talking about how, as American Christians, we're so disconnected from the global church mm-hmm. experience. Like, I feel like I know very little uh, about the global church experience. And obviously part of that is just that I don't have the opportunity to travel widely. Um, but I think in this time when we're so connected, it's kind of silly that so many of us don't really, we're not really in touch with what's going on in other places. We're not really in touch with what other Christians face in the world. And I feel like Christians from other parts of the world probably look at us like we're a little crazy. But I, mm-hmm. and obviously if you think American Christianity could be explained by Joel Osteen, which a lot of it probably can, then that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we were just thinking like, how how can we, especially someone, you know, Joy and I have kids, how can we be more connected, more aware of what's going on in the global church and have more of an understanding of that? Um, and you've traveled widely. Have. Past yeah. tense. Well, and it's important because, well, despite Americans basically having it the best <laughs> in the world, for, just mainly with a grain of yeah mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt yeah um we also have we have the most influence mm-hmm. in terms of media and mm-hmm. so in a weird way we take our perspective and we like apply it everywhere yeah right. even though that's not necessarily true so i think it's important that we understand maybe just different perspectives right. of other christians living in other places right yeah well, let me just start off by making sure everybody understands I'm not claiming to have uh, traveled the entire globe. There are large sure. places I have not been to. And most of the places I've been to are fully developed countries and primarily speak English outside of Ukraine and Russia mm-hmm. um, and uh, Even Brazil. Even in like Zambia? 
Oh, you pr- the main much, language? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the main. Everybody speaks English. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they speak about 24 other languages. Right. That's, that's the amazing thing anywhere in South Africa is Zambia. Um, and Zambia, of course, a constitutionally Christian nation. Right. A lot of people don't aren't aware of that. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so, so yes, I have had to use translators and things like that in a number of different places. But uh, most of the places I've been to have been developed. And even in South Africa, even though I've been to some of the townships, which... Um, are hard to describe to people uh, until they've seen them. The only, the only way I can try to describe them to people is as asked if they've seen the movie District Nine. Oh yeah, because District mm-hmm. Nine was shot in um, in Soweto, uh, which is one of the largest townships, uh, which is connected to another one called Tembezi. I've spoken in Tembezi, and what you saw in District Nine is is literally that is it. That, that's Soweto. The people live in in huts with corrugated walls and roofs, and held on by tires and and um, Yet you'll also see uh, uh, very nice SUVs parked outside. That's uh, so confusing. Uh, it's it's confusing because they have a completely different set of uh, of priorities huh. um, hmm. than than other people have. But anyway, so I just want to make sure people understand. I'm primarily talking about the United Kingdom, Scotland, Ireland, um, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, Ukraine. I've spent a lot of time in Ukraine. I visited Russia last year. Uh, South Africa, Zambia, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first place I went was Brazil. It's been quite some time since I've been down that direction. But so, so yeah, I've been around. I mean, I flew 165,000 miles in 2019. I yeah. probably won't fly any in 2021. So that'll right. give you an idea of how things have changed. But I am very thankful. Uh, of course, Grandma always wanted to be able to travel, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've gotten all that in for her. Mm-hmm. And and she lived long enough for me to call her from Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she thought was uh, really super so cool, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. that I was getting to do what she had always wanted to do. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but it has been for me. It, is, it really does help a great deal. There is an America America centrism, not only in the United States, but I remember in 2016 I was in New Zealand, and right bef- just weeks before the election, and uh, we sat around in a in at somebody's home. And I was talking with various believers down there, and honestly, there were a number of them that knew more about the candidates and the issues yeah. in our presidential election than yeah. most Americans did. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and in fact, I was walking through uh, the downtown, central downtown part of uh, Wellington, or was it Brisbane? I think it was, it was, it was Brisbane. Um, it had big, huge jumbotron type things up. And there's Trump and Clinton, yeah. and 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 this is on mm-hmm. the other side of the world, right? And a different season of the world because we're on the southern hemisphere, um, yeah. and just huge amounts of of interest, yeah. And so we do have an outsized influence. It's been primarily due to Hollywood mm-hmm. and to the economy, mm. uh, being the world's largest economy. How long that's going to be, I I don't know, but. Uh, that's primarily the reason, and uh, so we we export the good and we export the bad. Yeah. When it comes to the church, oh yeah, I mean obviously, our large evangelical organizations or even our non-evangelical organizations are have a global outreach, mm-hmm. and we export heresy and and sound teaching both, and sometimes without really knowing which one's which, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it really helped me a lot. Um, just the very first time to leave the United States and to see the differences and to to realize uh, as you're speeding down the road in Brazil, 
uh, I was speeding out to the FIEL conference where I was going to be speaking, and <clears throat> it was explained to me that uh, I saw these little breaks in the, in the fences, and I saw people crossing superhighways. On it was foot? Uh, on foot, and it was explained to me that you are allowed to do that, but if you get struck and killed, it is ruled a suicide. Um, wow. So, you know, oh. st- you know, stuff like that, you know, where you just go, Oh, okay. that is such a That's, different way. It's of not like that where I'm from. Making the rules. <laughs> exactly. <It's> like, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. You know? Yeah. And of course, the first time you speak, I'll just be honest. The first time you speak a translation is hard, just shattering. It really is. Uh, anybody who's never done it before, hmm. you become so accustomed to having a certain cadence, a certain speed of speaking, a certain way of doing it. And when you have to stop and start, right. and when you have to stop in the middle of a long sentence or whatever right. else it might be. <laughs> Um, me and another speaker, uh, Pat Campbell from St. Charles, we're both down there at the same time. And we were both like, let's go home. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you just felt you got done speaking and you just felt like you were, had just bombed royally. It was, yeah. And we had a great translator. That's, that's the other yeah. thing. You need a good translator. I'm so thankful. I'm going to go ahead and say this publicly. I'm so thankful. Uh, whenever I've gone to Ukraine and Russia, uh, I've had the same translator. Yeah, uh, you've heard me talk about yeah. my, my son Nick. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, Nick is the greatest Russian translator on the planet, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned that when I went to Germany, and mm. this is when I first found out about the homeschooling stuff because yeah. I was talking to them about about those issues. When I first went to Germany and taught a, a seminary level class on textual criticism, which is not an easy subject to address, right? especially for new students. Um, and we set up in this church and there was the, the nursery room was right over here. So you had an open window, but then inside they stuck Nick, who I this first time I'd ever met him and he's sitting there and I have to wear these, this microphone thing. And there's a group of guys along the front that have these headsets on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And most of the uh, hmm. class German, almost all Germans can, can speak better English mm-hmm. than most Americans. Can. Right. So I'm speaking in English, but the people in the front row are from Ukraine. They cannot speak English. And so Nick is listening to me live in the other room and is doing live translation, not stop, start, but like you'd have at the UN, live translation right. concurrently wow. from English into Ukrainian. And he did that for eight hours a day. Now, normally at the UN, you go about 30 minutes before they right. rotate you out. But like at, at, uh, at, uh, Shepherd's, at Shepherd's Conference, when they do the Russian translation, there's, yeah. there's only one guy they want doing it, and it's Nick. In fact, Nick wanted to listen to me do a pre- I was speaking at the TMA, the, the Masters Academy International pre, pre-conference before Shepherd's a couple years ago, and Nick wanted to be in to listen to my presentation. They came and got him about five minutes in because only he could handle the vocabulary that I was using because he used to listen. We used to have to use a way, a way back machine for, for the, the dividing line. Yeah. And he would just, that's what, that's all he streamed when he'd be on the bus or anything else. So he knows my stuff. Yeah. Inside and out. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it's great to have a great translator. And when yeah. you have a bad translator yeah, and you're just stumbling over each other, it is one of the most frustrating experiences you will ever, ever have. Just a warning ahead of time. So, yeah, I but it's, it is truly, um, a, an expanding experience to get outside of the United States 
and to see the church in super secular situations. I mean, we're yeah. getting there. Right. But they look at us like most of the, most of people who have been facing a secular society for for many decades look at us like we're in the promised land. Yeah. Because right. we have so many churches and there's they, from our politicians say God bless America. Right. Yeah. Okay, we sit there and go Right. We, we know we, they we, don't mean it. We know right. they don't mean it. <laughs> yeah. But 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 they're in they're in countries where that just would never happen right. at all. And we see that coming. Mm-hmm. But we haven't been there. And so they look at us like, man, you guys have, have really, really got it great along those lines. And so um it also, I, I should mention this. I, I will never forget uh sitting uh at um the seminary in uh, it's called Irpin it's outside of uh, Kiev in, in Ukraine and you gotta recognize I I as a young person dove under my desk in school right as a part of the the drills for a nuclear attack right right okay yeah so Russia was the great enemy I mean that I mean just right. just you know it's hunt for red October type stuff yeah and so <clears throat> I remember sitting for the first time in in Kiev when we started singing hymns yeah and they were <coughs> excuse me they were um hymns i knew yeah but they're in russian yeah and these <coughs> these deep slavic russian voices <laughs> uh singing out these these hymns and it just struck me as i was sitting there man we we had, these were the enemies. We had nuclear right. weapons aimed at these mm-hmm. people for, yeah, and they had them aimed at us too. And yeah, and here we are. That's so cool. Uh, it, it was it was it just made a, a huge impact on me. Yeah, uh, to to just realize what the reality is when you're talking about situations like that. And when I first went to uh, speak, uh, teach in Germany, um, the school is located in what would have been East Germany. The mm. old, so the, the, the behind the wall type mm-hmm. stuff. And so, you know, I mean, I got to visit where the wall was and, and where Reagan had said, Gorbachev, chair down this mm-hmm. wall. And I stood there and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, but uh, the, the stark differences in architecture and, mm. and, and just how very, 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 very different things were. And to just think about, you know, having watched the Olympics back when, oh, it's an East German athlete. They're probably on every kind of steroid on the planet type stuff. And, and just how you get into those, those mindsets. And mm-hmm. now you are speaking to them and you're looking at them. And, and this particular church we are at is, uh, has, has two services, one Russian, one German. Mm. And yet it's one church, right. you know, and um, just to, to be able to get off a plane after crossing, uh, you know, half the earth and you're automatically connected with the people by your faith, mm-hmm. by the commonality of your faith and to realize that, man, you know, I, I remember I was at, uh, I was in Pachasrum, South Africa at Northwest University, uh, where I am a full-time PhD student, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I call, it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> if they just, uh, finally get around to publishing the last bit of data I need. Anyway, um, but I was, I had just done a debate or was doing a debate at Pacha's room and this uh, fine young couple with some kids comes up and um, they were telling me about how their kids um, 
always get excited whenever they hear the dividing line theme. <laughs> it's on the other side of the planet. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> as far away from little old Phoenix, Arizona, as you could ever, ever imagine. So it is a wonderful thing to recognize um, what, what ties us together. It does help to clarify what ties us together. Sometimes here in the United States, we get so divided and so focused upon this little thing and that little thing. And getting out of that can really help provide some clarification for what really ties believers together, mm-hmm. uh, what's really definitional and what isn't. Um, uh, though, 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 <laughs> I can also tell you that everywhere I've gone, um, they have the same type of problems that we have as far as um, what would seem to us and ours might seem to them to be petty, mm, petty grievances, petty grievances and differences and divisions that okay. that don't make any sense to us, but they certainly do there because there's backgrounds and traditions and history and right. that that unfortunately is a universal, That's a, a universal human problem. reality. That's a human <laughs> problem. It's not it's not just an American problem, uh, though obviously in uh, contexts where there has been persecution, mm. that changes the character of how that works, but it doesn't change the existence of denominations. Mm. So you go to Ukraine and you, you've got the Baptist Union people um, and then you've got the Orthodox mm-hmm. and there's hard feelings between those two groups mm-hmm. uh, because the one was favored over the other. Mm. And then you've got the people that are trying to come in now, the wall's fallen and the people that suffered the persecution are looking at the newbies like, hey, what are you doing? You, yeah. weren't, you weren't here during the tough stuff. What are you trying to yeah. do, draw our people away now? And so that can raise all sorts of of issues as well and cause cause all sorts of problems. And of course, right now, I've been warning about this for a while, but uh, we are, various groups are exporting our woke uh, critical theory stuff into mm-hmm. parts of the world where it's just pure poison. Well, it's yeah. pure poison anywhere, mm-hmm. but in some places it's, it's in, our, in our context, it's slow acting poison. Mm-hmm. In some contexts, it's like straight cyanide. Yeah. Uh, South Africa being one of them. Right. Um, yeah. Because cause it's a completely different context and, yeah. and much more explosive and much more deadly immediately, uh, honestly. So, um, so yeah, you know, it, <clears throat> it definitely opens your, your, your heart and your mind. You, you end up um, really having to lay aside some old, old prejudices that you might've, uh, might've developed. You certainly end up realizing that uh, the way America does it doesn't necessarily make it right yeah. uh, in, by any, any, any shape, way, shape or form. And you also get to go, wow, you know, uh, <clears throat> some of our brothers and sisters have been have been laboring under strong overreach from oppressive governments for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what can we learn from that? Um, you know, German uh, Christian parents have had to learn to try to counteract the state's constant indoctrination for decades. I mean, you just, you have to spend a whole lot more time with your kids um, because they're taken away from you for most of the day. And that's not the only place. I mean, France, uh, Macron just said two weeks ago that France is moving that direction specifically to counteract homeschooling by Muslims. But to be fair, because it's a secular country, they have to do the same thing with Christian homeschooling too. So they they want to get rid of all of them. What are they claiming the Muslim homeschoolers are doing? Well, obviously, uh, it's radicalizing crea- them. Right, it's creating. Uh, they want to create a uh, French Islam, 
which is basically Islam that doesn't actually believe anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because that's that's what <laughs> secularism does. Yeah. You know, if you want to do religious stuff, as long as it doesn't actually mean anything, we're right? Good then with that's it. fine. Right. Right. So, so they have to be, quote unquote be fair and uh, shut down everybody. And um, honestly, I'll, I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you. As I look at the Equality Act, mm-hmm. which uh, Biden Harris has said uh, is top priority, yeah. and depending on what happens in Georgia will either be semi-established by executive order or if Georgia puts two Democratic senators in, Mm -hmm. will be done uh, with force of law. I don't see in light of the Equality Act how we can avoid the same same stuff. Because um, you you are, you know, Norway just penalized private expression of offensive concepts toward transgender people private not public they did public too catch someone for that (laughs) well just think about it it's private it means that your neighbor who you thought was your friend are asking your 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 neighbors to to turn on you exactly that's that this just happened a few last week so um yeah uh it's the thought police it's it's the thought the thought police are here and they are they are we already have their pictures they're already posting on twitter and they want us not to be able to post on twitter so I've been saying for a long, long time, I don't know how much time we're, we're going to have left, yeah. um, but we aren't the only ones facing this. Mm-hmm. And it's been a slower crawl at other places. It seems to be happening with great rapidity here right now, which is interesting. I think there's some reasons for that. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah we're all, we all have interesting challenges that we face. Uh, you know, I go down to Australia and very different context there uh, because you've got the uh, the Sydney Anglicans who are conservatives and are Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, inerrancy-believing uh, type people, which here in the United States, we go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 there are a few that are associated with them, but they're, they're very small in comparison to the Episcopalian type of stuff. And so it's different context. So different. And so, so like Reformed Baptist, you know, I, I, I speak at a Reformed Baptist church in Sydney. Whether I'll ever get to do so again, I do not know. Right. But I've made that connection there. I rode, rode 100 miles with an associate pastor there last year uh, on a bike, which was lots of fun. Again, don't know if I could do that. But they, they're going to have a different dynamic in light of having conservative Bible-believing uh, Anglicans in the in their context that we don't have that yeah, we, we was, don't even that's not right. even something we're that we even know how to even start to deal with i was gonna say uh very often if i if i post something that has a political tone on the sheologians page our australian listeners are like i don't understand no. you americans right, yeah. what is your problem that's true and so like they'll they agree with the theological things we say, the same mm-hmm. things that we say on mm-hmm. the show, but what they're saying, what I, what I, what I have gotten consistently over the last several months, if I say anything political mm-hmm. on the Sheologians page, our Australian listeners are like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah, and I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> if the you really big, want no, me to answer that question, and it's, and it's really, it's really <laughs> hard because Australians themselves will admit that they're not exactly sure who they are. One okay. of the, one of the thing no seriously one of the things there, that it's I what struck me when we were there is just how incredibly diverse yes. everything is like there are places in the United States that are very diverse but I've never been anywhere that has so much representation of so many different 
like cultures, ethnicities uh, in one spot, at least in the larger cities that we were right. in. Right, and, and they know. don't have a huge population. So right. they want mm-hmm. people to come in because they need workers, they need people. Uh, it's a big continent, not many people. But as a culture, Australians are confused as to exactly who they are. And it's reflected in their language. What's fascinating is because I spent a lot of time uh, in the UK. I'm going to miss that. I, I, running, I, I, I love sending summer uh, shots mm-hmm. as I'm running past the eye in London. Mm-hmm. And, and just, I mean, uh, finding all the Harry Potter sites mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in, in London and actually taking pictures and, so and, and stuff like that. And did that all on my own. So mm-hmm. I, I can get myself around London really, really well. Love the tube. Beautiful place to live, but I don't know if I'll ever get to go back there. Anyway, um, when you since I've been in the UK, I know their special languages. For so you don't rent something, you let for let right, right. For let. yeah, and you go to the loo, okay? yeah, you, not a toilet, right? Uh, and uh, uh, you know it's not an elevator, it's a lift, mm-hmm. and you there's a there's just a whole set of vocabulary words where in essence ours is always longer and less efficient than the british language. it really is it's yeah. true except they it's, put they spell everything with an ou uh, well they, they do they, <laughs> do, waste, the, they, do, they, do, they, they do waste it a few letters uh, in, in color and flavor and everything it does else. look yeah. cooler uh, though, doesn't you know, it does yeah. so I, I get that you go to australia uh-huh. and so in in the uk you have sat nav what sat nav what is that? satellite navigation uh, okay. sat nav mm-hmm. Yeah. We call it GPS. GPS, yeah. yeah. So in Australia, it's GPS. Okay. It's not sat But to rent something, is to let. Yeah. So they but basically, they are a mixture yeah. of America and the UK. Mm-hmm. And it, it's reflected in their language. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's always been, they're not really sure exactly who they are. So they're always trying to define themselves over against us. So I remember sitting in, I don't remember, it was in Australia, but I think the guy was a Kiwi from, from New Zealand. Uh-huh. And well, that, that seems like a whole other ball game. Oh, but it, anyway, oh it is. From what I can tell, yeah. New Zealand yeah, is yeah, its yeah, own, yeah. very yes. much its own and, thing. And they're as long as, as long as they heard you say that they're different from Australia, they're, good. they're okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the, there was a guy sitting, I remember we were sitting out at a, at a picnic table type thing, doing some type of lunch thing during a conference. Thing. I don't remember what it was, but. There's this guy sitting over to my right, and he's he's like he just finally says, I don't even know what brought it up. He, he's finally just like, I just don't get you, American Christians, and your guns. That I was gonna I say that's just, the biggest disconnect I that I've had with people don't too. Get it? And I remember looking at him. I said, Let me let me just ask you, do you you have an implicit trust in your government, don't you? He says, yes. Oh, you that's better the believe we do. <laughs> now and, I and, know. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, it is a concentration of sinners, brother. <laughs> with power. <laughs> with power. They are going to misuse this. Haven't and it's you like, seen what governments no, have done and, and in it's the past? Like, and it's like, no, we have we have an absolute implicit oh, trust in that, that government. E- you know what? That explains a lot yeah, of the I, I just don't say, understand you. Because the guns, and I've had a conversation with people from... Um, from Ireland too, uh-huh. I th- and you know it's just like oh, it's what anywhere. you were saying. Europe, Ireland, UK, they're what all you were like saying they how you grow up uh-huh. shapes and forms what you think right. about things. Right. So because we're Americans, we're yeah. the only group of people in the world <laughs> that are like yeah. we're all armed. It's a, we should own a gun. <laughs> right, right. Well, you've we, seen. Do you've you remember the- what King George did to us? Yes. I remember what King Not George with a gun of my own. <laughs> 
we, you've seen you've seen the meme where uh, what the world thinks Americans have for breakfast. Yeah. And it's a 45, about four pounds of bacon, and and about 20 eggs, and um, that that's what they think uh, that things of America. And it, I do need to point out. Uh, in fact, I was I was teaching in Frankfurt just a few hours ago. Uh, oh, there's that's a right. wonderful Reformed Baptist Church in Frankfurt that that. Um, uh, this is the first year that I've not been there for a number of years, which is a real bummer. And, uh, uh, but great guys. And I'm just trying to be an encouragement to them and they're an encouragement to me. And we're, we're sure. having a grand old time doing church history, uh, very slowly. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, there I was asking them, so how's, what's the media saying about what's going on over here? Oh, I'm so interested. Because I knew yeah. exactly what right. it would be. Yeah. And it's Joe Biden's the president elect. Yeah. Trump is trying to start a civil war. Mm-hmm. He's a uh. he's an absolute crazy man. We've always known he's a crazy man. Right. Let's hope the world is a better place once they get rid of Donald Trump. And and that's mm-hmm. that's all they that's all they see. Right. And I remember when I first visited the UK in 2005, um, we were barely off the property of Heathrow Airport in talking with two Christian brothers uh, driving in a vehicle before I realized I'm like. I am in a different place because what they're saying about Bush back then yeah. was like, but that's not true. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. But, but that's what the BBC says. Right. And, and the BBC is about the same level as Pravda. Uh, <laughs> if you remember what Pravda was, uh, the Russian uh, news agency, mm-hmm. which means truth, which is the irony of all of that. But anyway, right. Because uh, if they were saying it, it was not true. <laughs> right, exactly. Basically, in, in Sometimes Russia, you just call in, yourself something that you're not. Yeah. Well, in Russia, in Russia, everybody knows that if it's published by Pravda, yeah, that's that's the lie. So, right. so there you go. And Pravda is still being published, but uh, now it's everywhere. The the press around the world, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the press around the world is to the left of MSNBC. Wow, okay, that's mm-hmm. right. So it's easy to understand why the world has just a mm-hmm. wildly right. Uh, imbalanced understanding of of what we're about here and and uh, and things like that, uh, but yeah, there's are things that are really unique about mm-hmm. what we used to have uh, called the Constitution of the United States and what it was based upon and and mm-hmm. the the freedoms that it granted and the fact that it limited the power of government mm-hmm. and it did so for theological reasons. Right. right. Um, and most other nations just don't have that mm-hmm. and so they don't understand. The mindset of it and um so as we seek to shed that history and those concepts we'll go the same direction yeah uh, i'm afraid uh, you know unless something massively changes we'll end up going the same direction but uh well, you're welcome to join us in our uh lean-tos in the forest. oh yeah like i said i'd, I'd be alone uh, and um uh, I mean, those are temporary. After I bury, after, 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 after I bury Nani, we'll uh, we'll head your direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 oh, sad, Mom. but yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could just like because she's like, like no, I'm not I'm not doing lean tos. Like not, prioritize not, some no, kind of mm-mm. shack or something no, so that it, Nani can stay alive. Has to have a, has to have a nice nice hot shower, <laughs> uh, vanity, lots of place for the makeup and stuff like that. So, yeah, just, I'm not doing it. And, the, and, some, and these days, a uh, pretty nice kitchen. Uh, yeah. Because she needs you working on those She's gotta cakes. She's got to be baking. Right. Got to be gotta baking be those bacon. cakes. Yep. Got to be baking those cakes. That's Nani does. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> theologically speaking, um, 
it is interesting to see the impact that differing places have as far as the emphasis on different aspects of things. And, and it is interesting that very frequently the things that I'm asked to address, mm. um, for me, trace back to stuff that has been troubling this particular area for a long, long right. time. And then other things are just always the same. So one thing that blew me, has blown me away was I was mentioning the townships in South Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the extremely poor areas of either just lean-tos or these tiny uh, government houses. You could, put, you could put five government houses in the room we're in right now. Wow. Okay? Very easily. Well, and is generally like larger families living. Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. Those. The idea, the idea of privacy or something like that, just not a thing. Not even, not even a part of what you would you would think about. But so the so the townships are extremely um, highly populated, dense population, um, and uh, yet every time I have spoken at a church in a township and they knew I was coming, mm. they asked me to address the same topic. Hmm. Now, what do you think, what do you think I would be asked to address in a, in, a, in a township where in a church where, for example, uh, you'd be able to look up and you'd be able to see sunlight coming through holes in the walls and, and things like that. Even though what's interesting, I, the first church where I was at, you, Again, it's township. You see what there's, and yet they had digital projectors and a high-end sound system in a in a building that you would never expect to find that in. It's again, the priorities are very, and people are walking in wearing wearing Nike t-shirts and 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 sneakers. So it's it's it t they are concerned about how they look, right? How white their teeth are and what they're driving, but they'll live in a shack. Huh. It's totally different sets of priorities. So different, yeah. Totally different sets of priorities. So what do you think I was asked to speak at both townships that I've spoken in in, um, in South Africa? I'm going to say the deity of Christ because I feel like they probably have lots of cults. Got to have cults. I was going to say maybe like prosperity gospel type stuff. There's a lot of that over there. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, both times I was asked to address Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh. Jehovah's Witnesses. Because they're all over the townships. They're all over the townships. Interesting. So when they try to go out and evangelize, right. they're the people that are coming up and trying to steal the people that they're talking to. Wow. And so mm. they're like, we need to be armed to deal with Jehovah's That's Witnesses. That's so interesting. And so here I am, and I've got my computer, and I'm hooked up to a digital projector, and I'm doing the same uh, presentation I do on on the Watchtower Bible and Track Society in townships in, in South wild. Africa, um, which there there that is actually a general interest around the world because Jehovah's Witnesses are a global right. global thing, and and so it's unusual to find people with an expertise in that area that just happen to be traveling through uh, right, to right. be able to do that type of thing. But especially down there, I was really, really interested that that was hmm. that was something that was very central to their desire. You know, what could what could the American help us with dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses, which, of course, we exported anyways. Right. Uh, right. You know, lots yes. of those cults Thanks, started. America. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right here in the U.S. of A. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that's an issue. Uh, but, yeah, I always try to sort of get to know my hosts well enough to go. 
all right, what landmines do I need to try to right. avoid? Yeah. Uh, because that's smart. Because I was once on South African radio and I could tell when I stepped on a landmine. And the host was like, well, <laughs> and kind of started like <laughs> patting the yeah. thing I just said. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, huh, that was really interesting because yeah. I could have said that on Sheologians and Never without about it. without a thought. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that seems wisdom would seem to dictate. I think that was the same program that I was on. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you do have to. Smart question. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> I know that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you do have to have to contextualize shall we say yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so how would you explain to an australian what the equality act is and why it's a big deal to us because it sounds fine equality oh <laughs> well yeah yeah we should we should legislate that yeah, because they're farther down that road already. Uh, but but most of the conservatives there already recognize and are already dealing with the difficulties of politically correct speech, and and uh, they they're already recognizing that when they preach through, if they, well, let's put it this way: that maybe it's not a wise idea to preach through Leviticus, uh, right. verse by verse. Maybe on a topical, mm-hmm. but then that way you can avoid certain problematic passages because we're not the first people to get into this situation where people are saying, Hey, um, if you say that this behavior is wrong, we're Mm going to, we're going to hit you with fines. We're going to arrest you. We're going to, um, we're going to make your life miserable. And Mm -hmm. that's already happening in Europe and United Kingdom and Australia. So, yeah. And it's, it's happening here. I mean, I, I think most people realize that, that fear is functioning as a filter and that it's causing less and less discussion of those particular issues because you just you just don't want to go there you don't mm-hmm. you don't want that type of a thing so obviously for our australian friends uh, the equality act isn't about equality it, mm-hmm. it is about the elevation of sexual um uh, rebellion against God to the position of a privileged class mm-hmm. uh, to where you you can be uh, in deep trouble for daring to express a Christian opinion, a Christian understanding of sexuality, gender, creation, marriage, whatever else it might be, mm-hmm. um, and in the issues of employment and things like that. But again, Australians are already dealing with a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's, that's already part and parcel of that. We're just trying to keep it from happening, yeah. you know. Right. And they're already down the road a ways. That's that's the difference. Uh, and the problem is, once you get used to it, then it's like, okay, but shouldn't we be trying to get out of this? You know, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be? And a lot of people don't have that idea. It's like, hey, let's right. let's just get to a position where you know, live and let live type stuff. And that unfortunately develops a lot. In, in the churches that have been under pressure for a long, long time. If you if you put something under a lot of pressure and then you let up just a little bit, it's like, ah, oh, I can good. breathe. Even though it's Still 20% pressure. more pressure than right. it was just a few years earlier. Right. Um, and so that that's how you get people accustomed to the next step and the next step and the next step. You know, so you get everybody to wear their masks and then eventually you get everybody to be taking their their regular governmentally mandated vaccines and then you get them to do the identification stuff and 
then you get them to wear the bracelets or the RFID chips or whatever else, and then you've got them pretty much completely under control. Right. That used to sound like conspiracy theory, and now when it's happening next door, it's no, it's a little bit late. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had so many people. Ah, oh, you've just lost it, white. You know, and, I, and now it's happening. It's like, you yeah. Don't expect an apology. You're not gonna, well, not it's, get an it's apology, interesting maybe. too because I, I feel like I'm just not surprised. I don't know if it was because mm. we caught the whole um, critical theory idea a little early, mm-hmm. and saw like how. Uh, just like rowdy and destructive, it like it gets when take when taken to its mm-hmm. logical pos- conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I guess it's weird because people they kind of chalk it up to a conspiracy, but I feel it's like not. I've seen it happening coming. I feel like it's already been happening. It's been it's happening. Just maybe quieter <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't understand the impulse for people to want like what you just said to be a conspiracy theory like why why would why would that make you feel better i suppose it's it's denial of what's happening it's what people do as someone who is married to someone that has studied this (laughs) it's actually what people do what do you mean like people will live at the base of a volcano and they'll go volcanoes don't ever erupt for 50 (laughs) years and then their house is under lava (laughs) like that is what people do do not everyone does that right but a lot of people right do that when there is a situation Mm -hmm. where something is impending right we will just be like well no that can't happen to us we're the united states that can't happen or right you know we trust our politicians and things like that um Right. But, well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about how there's really no neutrality. Like, I don't understand right. why anybody would trust their government. But right. when you think in terms of like, there are people out there who are like, yeah, you know, public education, like it's just it's probably mostly good. And right. you have this like very benevolent, like you want to believe the best of something, even though you can see the fruit of it. The fruit, the fruit is rotten, but we want to believe the best. So we're going to keep saying it's not everything's okay we're going to deny what's happening with the fruit of public education and just insist that people want to do good so it's fine it's fine it's fine and i just feel like you 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 put your trust you either put your trust in god or you you put your trust in the state like there's i feel like there a lot of times the state doesn't like competition no the state does not like competition and i i do it's I think what we need to not do is let people think we're crazy when we talk about what's blatant, like what's blatantly in front of us. Um, we've seen the fruit of state education. We've, we know, we know what kind of people are in the government. We know that they uh, want to murder babies and we know that they love wickedness. And yet we want to believe like they're just here for our good. They're only trying to protect our health. Right. Really right. It's like, it's, ins- it's insane. I want everyone to stop right now. And I want you to think about the worst thing you've ever done. Not the worst thing you've ever done that you've told people about. <laughs> think about the worst thing you've ever done. Got it. The government does that too. <laughs> they've done those things. They've done it. They've, they're like, doing it. Yep, they're yes. doing that thing. Yes. Yeah, and because it's made up of people that are wicked and, right. and don't love God. So anyway, wait, how do we end this like with an encouraging note, though? It is encouraging to – I watched, I think, that when you were in Russia, there was a live stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember it was like nighttime for me. Right. And you were like, here's the link to the live stream. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I got to hear some of that that was going on there and hear some of the... And, and Nick the, was translating the, the for sa- Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. But I just think, what is, what is like something that you have learned from those Christians in those super secular places that the church, the church here could learn from? What would be something helpful that they are in the habit of doing that we're not because we're not in that. I mean, we definitely live in a secular age, like you said, but they, they are further down the line. Right. (laughs) They've been at it longer than we have. And, and so they have had to think through, uh, transmitting the faith to the next generation. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, I'm not saying that all the churches have done real well at it, but they, they do recognize that, that conflict Mm -hmm. and, and they don't take it, they don't put it off the side and say, no, no, my my kids are going to be fine. I can just go ahead and do, you know, I don't have to worry about, they know that's not going to happen because they've seen so many of their, their people uh, go that direction. And obviously to the, to those who are really seeking to build the kingdom, um, has made them very uh, serious about not getting involved in trivialities. Uh, they don't have the time or the effort, uh, for all that kind of stuff. The, the theological disagreements tend to be more on the key issues rather than all sorts of side issues because they don't have time for it. They, their society is constantly seeking to erode uh, anyone. And of course, when it comes to evangelism, they, they can't really go out and do street yeah. preaching and things like that. So they have to be much more um, circumspect in how they're hmm. handling things and hence ready when the opportunity arises to uh, to give a word of testimony, and it's a risk, mm. you you have to you know if you if you open your mouth in Norway and say something uh, offensive about, and I don't know how you can I don't know how you can present the gospel, yeah, and someone say, well, when you say Jesus died on the cross for our sins, mm-hmm. would you include in those sins? these things right right and you have to go well yes that's that's the law that was broken Mm -hmm. is what it says right there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you've opened yourself up to possible uh, criminal action right and you have to be ready to do that but romans 13 dad yeah well but romans (laughs) romans 13 was a during a period of time before nero went nutzabergers and b it's about a government that's rewarding those who are doing good and punishing those who are doing evil Mm -hmm. uh you change that context and you can't just simply expand romans 13 out to some type of general statement where it it, take its foundations away and it still has the same meaning It, it, it can't right and like i said uh uh, Sunday night, and then uh, yesterday on the dividing line, you look at Romans chapter 12, or uh, Acts chapter 12, and when the angel um, freed Peter, uh, Peter didn't stop and say to the angel, no, no, wait a minute. Um, you know, Romans, Paul's going to say in Romans 13 uh, that, you know, the, the state put me in there, and right. those guys have the sword, and so we have to submit to what those guys in there have to say. Right. He didn't stop and, and do that. The angel said, get out of here, and he got out of there. And <laughs> and even once he got Rhoda to open the, open the stinking door, um, <laughs> uh, all he did was stick around long enough to say, tell James, and then he skedaddled. And, right. And he got out of there. Right. And he knew what, what the state wanted. Right. And he didn't uh, cooperate with the state in doing it. So right. there you go. There's There's that to keep in mind, too. Right. Great. <laughs> Romans 13, y'all. 
Remember, remember that guy Paul that wrote it. <laughs> he was never in trouble, was he? <laughs> never in trouble with the law. No, the state didn't care about him at all. No, they just weren't even concerned. Anyways, <laughs> well, I hope that was encouraging to you guys. There's a lot to think about. I feel like so we're not we're releasing this in a week and a half, and I'm like wondering, is this all? Is this whole election thing going to be over when we release this? It's yeah. It's hard to know. What it's to hard to talk know about. what like what to say. Well, most of, most of the states have to certify early in December. Right. So maybe um, not. And so maybe not. And then the Senate won't be known until uh, January sixth, probably, uh, because of the two Senate seats in Georgia. Wow. So this is wild. Uh, it's it's wild out there. It, there. The uncertainty is difficult for those of us who grew up in a nation where every year was pretty much like the year before. Right. Now every year is completely so different. different than the year before. It's uh, what it's do you unsettling. think? Should we like split off? From this well, if you, you read you read uh, Ride Sally Ride. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was an interesting theory, you know, of, right. of there... the of the divi- division of the United States. Uh, I'll be honest with you, if if something like that were to happen globally, is the problem because now you have a complete who controls the military, right? And mm-hmm. most people just don't understand uh, the the whole reason that European Western European democracies or well, not democracies, but um, free nations, relatively speaking, have been able to survive is because we've been protecting them. Mm-hmm. If they have to start paying for their own protection, their economies will collapse because they've got all these, you know, you know, giving people money stuff. Now all of a sudden you have to build tanks because ours aren't there anymore. Right. And that changes everything. Right. And so the whole balance of power in the world is, who knows where that's going to go. So right. that's an interesting theory. But I don't know if that would how end it up, would play out. Uh, it would end up playing out. Yeah. Maybe can it, Canada would invade. <laughs> we'd, we'd all be going. What? We'd all be going. Eh, and, eh. And, and maple syrup everywhere. Uh, yeah. Canada would invade. Canada. Yeah, Canada. Huh. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if Canada invaded, it's because all of us are already dead. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That felt like a very Dwight Schrute comment. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, just thinking about Canada invading, yeah, it's just sort of it's like a great thought. Uh, before you I mean, tell you, mean, you, what are your pronouns <laughs> for you, your your you, gravestone? You mean you mean we have to go south? <laughs> It'd be too hot. <laughs> too hot. Eh? What would they kill us with? They don't have weapons. Bury us in maple syrup. <laughs> moose, Canadian moose. If they've trained some, oh, they trained the moose. That's what they've been doing up there. They have attack mooses. Attack mooses. Mooses. Mooses are uh, no, that's mice. Mice. I don't think moose are very uh, domesticatable. It's (laughs) moosen. That is the plural. (laughs) Okay, I should end that there. Okay. Hey, we have Christmas stuff in the shop. (laughs) We do. Go to shop. Speaking of Canada. Speaking of Canada and things that are cold cold. and the moosen. That are up there, maybe Bigfoot. You up can't there. connect Christmas with cold. We live in Phoenix. Well, we can try. Well, we can pretend. We can wish. <laughs> we, can we, wish can. Yeah. And we can try. Fantasize. Yes. All right, you guys. That is it for this week. No, Thanks we, for joining us. It, there's something else you're supposed to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. We hope you guys have such a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us, Dad. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>